praise the Lord. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Yet again, we don't take this for granted, and we're just uh, grateful that we have completed one week of our prayer and consecration. We're in a 21-day consecration. For those of you who don't know, we started on January 10th, and we're going through the end of the month. And um, I want you to take some time right now. Uh, I'm going to ask the children for the, uh, the Sunday school question or so that they can uh, type in their answers and send it to the email at PT Spice. Well, it's on the bottom of the screen, and that way uh, you will receive a gift. If... Anyways, so I want you to, we, we've been doing this for a week now, and I want you to right now to take some time and type in the chat what the Lord has done for you so far, what he's spoken to you so far. It's been a week, and I'm quite sure God has been ministering to you, and the Holy Spirit's been speaking, so take some time right now to do that. In the meantime, what I want to do is to ask the question. This is for children 17 years old and under, and here is the question of the week. Uh, biblical justice is blank, Every upper, every blank, <laughs> and every blank for people to blank and accomplish their God-given blank. Again, biblical justice is blank, every blank, and blank, every blank for people to blank and accomplish their God-given blank. Amen. So uh, we're going to uh, get into the word now. Want to speak to you on the subject. Ship movers, part three, agreeing with myself. We talked about agreeing with God last week. We're going to talk about agreeing with myself. I want you to bow your heads right now as we get into the word. Father, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green and in the power of God, but in the power of God. I pray that you would bear witness to my word, both with signs and wonders, and different miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to your will. And finally, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto me the spirit of wisdom Give unto all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of all our hearts, those who are watching now and those who are listening and those who will be listening and watching, let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that is in each and every one of us who are your saints and believers. And help us to know the exceeding greatness of the power that you have towards us who believe it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. In your name we ask it, amen. And so I want to talk to you about the three qualities of a ship mover. Uh, Lady Carmen, could you come up at this time? I'm going to need you. Three qualities of an effective ship mover. First of all, we said there must be agreement with God. Secondly, there must be agreement with myself. Thirdly, we must have agreement with others and we'll talk about that next week. If you could sit right there, ma'am. 
So let's talk about agreement with God. We base this on, when we talk about agreement with God, we're talking about agreement with the Holy Spirit. We found in, uh, well, you may not uh, know the scripture, but in Acts chapter 15, verse 28, 29, I believe it's there, or 16, verse 28, 29, where they're trying to make a decision, the church, Bishop James, uh, Jesus' half-brother, same mother, different father, they're trying to make a decision regarding uh, whether the Gentiles, the, non, uh, the non-Jewish people, should get circumcised, and they went to the Lord, and James came out saying, we have a decision, and the decision, I like this, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, meaning that we are agreeing with God before we make a decision. And that's why you need to understand that as we are going to move into this season, this year of biblical justice, I know some of you are like, okay, let's get to the justice. Let's get to it. No, we're saying to God, oh my goodness, we're saying to God, before we do anything, we're going to spend this month consulting you. We're going mm, to spend this month realigning ourselves with you so that when we go into this this practice of biblical justice next month, we will have the mind of Christ. Can somebody say amen? And so now I like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. I wish I could expound on what's going on here, but basically uh, this is a, this is, there's some major conflict going on in the church of Corinth, and it's this time it's conflict against Paul. But I don't want I, I don't have time to, to expound on that. But I but I want to read what he says this in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. He says, and this is the uh, New Living Translation. He says, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Lord have mercy. What if we stop evaluating each other based on what we see? He goes on to say in verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Verse 18, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ And has given, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. No longer, I love this, no longer counting people's sins and offenses against Him. If you want to be like God, you need to stop counting how people have offended you. Let me, that's next week. Please come back next week. And God gave us this wonderful message, or the King James Version says, this wonderful ministry of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to God. We said last week that the Greek word uh, for, reconcil- for reconcile is kataleso. Kataleso, and kata means down from, it means throughout, it means according to, it means toward, and aleso means to 
exchange or to change or to change, to change or exchange. That is to change from one form into another. So we, we use the example, I'm going to give you this. We use the example, this is what reconcile looks like. And what we said is, if you could show uh, the parking meter, okay, and we were saying that you know, many times when we go to park our car, you will find that there's a meter. And, and in order to, watch this, in order to park there and not get fined, not get penalized, you must, now this is before the apps that we have now on credit cards, uh, you had to have a quarter. Are you following me so far? And so what happens many times is, I remember there's been times when, watch this, I had 25 cents, but I didn't have a quarter. Ah, ah, I had 25 cents. It equals a quarter. Ah, this boy is preaching up in here, but it's not a quarter. What, what are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying that sometimes we come to God who is, I'll call him, the parking meter. Now, don't get all up in your feelings. This is an example. And, and, and so I am, I am parked in the presence of God. And, and I, I, want to, I want to put two dimes and a quarter or 25 pennies into the parking meter. Are you following me so far? But what happens is that the meter does not move. Mm. The meter does not say, the spot was paid for. And, uh, and so what happens is that when the meter person comes by mm, and sees that the price has not been paid, you get, oh, can I get a five from my wife? You get penalized. But what I need to do is ask, mm, ask somebody, can I give you 25 cents for a quarter. And not, oh, I feel like running. In other words, I'm going to take my righteousness and God in his mercy is going to give me his righteousness, which is Jesus. And when I give God what he wants, which is Jesus who made the sacrifice, ah, then when the enemy comes, and he looks to penalize it, me, he sees that the spot was paid for by the blood of Jesus, and when he sees the blood, he will pass over. That's a bad word right there. That's why we must be reconciled through the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm. The English definition of the word reconcile, it means to bring into agreement, to bring into harmony. And so the, the quarter, or Jesus, is, is what, we, what God and I now have in common. This word reconcile means reunite. Reunited and it feels so good. Yes. To Reconciliate, to reconciliate it. Also, the etymology of this word reconcile means to re, 
again. And consolare is a Latin word that means to bring together again. Watch this. To regain again. To recover again. To restore again. To reestablish again. To reacquire again. What does it mean? It means that God and man lost something because of sin. And so reconcile means to get back again something that one once had. So there was a relationship between man and God that was unhindered. There were no barriers, but because of sin, man was driven from the presence of God. And God said, not only do you miss the relationship, man, but also God said, I miss the relationship. And so I have to get that relationship back, but the price to get the relationship back is the blood of Jesus. The writer in Hebrew says that we have access through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. If you understand what I'm saying, just put your thumbs in the, in the chat and say amen. Now, now again, we're talking about this is, this is, this is going to be, help me Holy Spirit to get this across. So now we're reconciled with God. Through Jesus Christ, the Bible talks about the veil that separated man from God, the veil that separated in the tabernacle, the holy place, the holies from holies. It, it has been torn from the top down, meaning it was an act of God to say, hey, I want us to have a relationship again. So I want us to be reconciled. Now, now we're talking about how do we need to be reconciled with ourselves. What do you mean, Bishop? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, the uh, English Standard Version, ESV, it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. So if they're in our image, Lord have mercy. And if they act like us, they will have dominion. So God created in his own image, the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, and God, not only he created them, but he blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful. And this is what Jesus, when he came back and he walked planet Earth in John 15, verse 16, he says, I've ordained you to bear fruit. And so we should be producing some results. He goes on to say, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Have dominion. And so when God says, let us make man in our image, he's saying, let, let us make man to be just like us. We believe in this church in the triune God. We call, we, we, we believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. Three gods, sorry, God and three expressions. One God, 
three expressions. We believe in God the Father, Jehovah, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? So there's three, th no, God, one God, three expressions. And what am I saying? God is saying, I'm making you, man, also in my image. Vanessa and Jessica, could you come up this time? And so we have got to understand that just as God is a trinity, we also are a trinity. Ah. And we have to come in agreement with ourselves if we are going to be productive. I'm going to show you the power of why you need to fast in a moment. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to be the part of us that moves around. Now, let me pause right there so I can give you some scriptures so you don't freak out and say, where's that in the Bible? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, Paul says, Now may God, the God of peace and harmony and agreement and reconciliation set you apart, that is, consecrate you, and make you completely holy. So this consecration, the word consecrate literally means to set apart for God to use. When you say something is sacred, set apart for God to use. When you say, oh, when the saints go marching in, the word saint means one who is set apart for God to use. So he's saying, may God set you apart, making you completely holy, and may your entire being, you're not just flesh, you're not just this. May your entire being, and Paul says, let me tell you what your entire being is. It's just like God. Spirit, soul, and body. It's a bad word right here. Be kept blank, completely flawless at the appearing of the Lord, our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So, we have Spirit, soul, and body. Are you following me so far? And I remember uh, a couple years ago, Brother Bio shared this, and I'm using part of his example. It was a powerful word he gave back, uh, I can't remember, it was in PT North. And so we have our spirit man, our soul, in our body. And I'm hoping that this will help you to understand how to pray for yourself and also for you to understand where the battle is. So our body is what I called our world awareness, our environmental awareness. In other words, in our body is our five senses, sight, Hearing, smell, taste, and touch. Think about it. If you remove all of them, all of them, you would have no awareness of your environment. So my body gives me an awareness of my environment, an awareness of my circumstances, an awareness of my world. My soul contains my mind, the way I think, are you tracking with me, and my emotions, the way I feel, 
and my will. And now there's the part of me that makes the decision. That's why the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So this is my world awareness. My soul is my self-awareness. And that's why you can have twins who look exactly the same. We have uh, a number of twins, at least I know one identical uh, set of twins here in their 20s, and they look, they look almost exactly the same, but you can tell once you start spending time with them, they have different souls. They think differently. They feel differently. And then you have the spirit man. Lord have mercy. My body is my world of awareness. My soul is my self-awareness. How I process, how I feel, how I think. And my spirit is my God awareness. In my spirit is my conscience and my intuition. What's this? What do you mean? The conscience is the part of us that knows right from wrong without any additional information. In other words, the world trains us to thinking that lying is okay from time to time. But we know that our conscience will be pricked, will be stirred. In fact, I believe Paul makes an argument when he says uh, to the Jews, uh, Jewish people, even the Gentiles who never met God in their conscience, they know right from wrong. Now, you may say, well, Bishop, why do people practice sin and do what's wrong? And it doesn't even bother their conscience. That Paul calls it, you can, pra you can practice sin for so long that the Bible says you sear, you literally burn your conscience so it has no feel. So now there is no, there's no longer a break to even stop you from sinning because it doesn't even bother you anymore. Then there is the intuition. The intuition, the, the word intuition actually comes from Latin word intuor, which means to gaze at. In other words, it is a part of you that knows without any evidence. It's the, it's the part of you where God has deposited in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, a measure of faith. In your intuition is enough faith for you to get saved. It is a part of you that can believe without any evidence. Are you following me so far? And so what are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying, I'm almost done here, I'm, I'm saying that when God communes with you, when God speaks to you, he's not speaking to your body. Now, you may say, oh, I see God, oh, I feel him, oh, but he ain't speaking to your body. And as much as you weep and cry and process, he ain't speaking to your soul. God is speaking to your spirit man. How do you know that? Because, the, mm, my goodness, the Bible says that the natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit because they are, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, because they are spiritually discerned. 
So when you sense God's moving and speaking to you, even if you're an unbeliever, God is speaking to your spirit man. He's speaking to your conscience. He's speaking to your intuition. You know, we call it a woman's intuition where she can just know things without any proof. And, and so we have God. He's speaking to your spirit. He's speaking to your spirit. And my point is, is that this is the part of us that must have communion with God. This is the part that Adam missed. This is a part that when God went looking for him and he sinned, he couldn't find him because the Bible said God will come down. I believe in, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, that God will come down in the breeze of the spirit, in the breeze. And, 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 and part of the, uh, some translation says in the evening. No, that word means breeze. It's actually the Hebrew word war which means the breath of God will come down and Adam will commune with God. Oh, that's why Adam, mm, I could run around the street. That's why Adam was, my goodness, that's why Adam was able to name all the animals and God did not change one name because there was such communion between Adam and God that God basically said, man, Adam, because I gave you dominion and because you have fellowship with me, Adam, whatever you say, it's going to be because you're saying what I want said anyways. And so that's why it's so important that the Bible says, delight yourself also in the Lord, Psalm 37, verse 4, 5, around there, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What does that mean? It means that when I spend time in the presence of God, I spend so much time with him that his desires become my desires, and I ask him to do in my prayer life what he already wants to do. And that's why Jesus said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever, Mark 11, verse 24, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Why? Because I have the same desire he has. Could it be that the reason, mm, could it be that the reason why your prayers are not getting answered is because you really haven't spent time to find out what's on his heart? So I spend time fellowship with him. I spend time in communion with him. I spend time, we call it encounter, encounter. The word encounter literally means to be on the opposite side. Now, encounter, encounter can be, have a negative uh, connotation, but the word encounter, the denotation of encounter means to be on the opposite side. So simply means, it means face to face. I'm on the opposite side of God and face to face. Oh, this is a bad word right here. I'm about to, I'm about to drop something on you right now. And so what happens many times is, is, come on, work with me here, is that we have, we have problems. We see uh, what happened on January 6th. We see all this tension. We see deaths. And so what happens is that we, we see the news, we hear the news, and what happens is that what we see and hear is now processed through our thinking. Mm, oh, my God. Through our emotions. And so now we are full of fear. We start thinking, am I going to die? Are we going to make it through the through the uh through the uh, 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 virus and, uh, and through the pandemic. And, and then what happens many times, are you following me? And what happens many times, then our soul, our soul starts to influence our spirit. And because 
the soul is so much stronger than our spirit, our spirit, though, though our spirit through its intuition can see that God could possibly help us to make it out, we call it hope, our soul is so busy screaming at our spirit man, can't you see what's going on? All is that our spirit man is muted. Oh, this boy is preaching. And so, what God has done, is that, first of all, I got to spend time in his presence. Spend time in his presence. Because the more I spend time in his presence, I start to see what God sees. The only hope for your spirit, man, I could run around this church, to be delivered from your soul is the word of God. The writer in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 12 says, the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any twist sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit. So when the soul wants to get depressed, when the soul wants to get hopeless, the word of God cuts the soul from the spirit and, and the spirit is free to hear the voice of God who says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The spirit says to the soul, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you quiet within me? Hope thou in God and the spirit man tells the soul you better change your attitude you better stand up and bless the Lord and the soul is encouraged and the soul turns around to the body and says body lift up your hands in the sanctuary stand up and bless stand up and bless the Lord your God give him glory give him praise in other words the spirit is running the show and not the body that's why Paul says, you need to be sanctified, spirit, soul, and body. Stop allowing your body to run your soul and run your spirit. You are in the presence of God, and your spirit man is feeling strong. Ah, but this is the point I want to make. This is the point I want to make. The body, stand up, stand up right there. The body is looking at discouraging situations. And so my point is, is that these are the facts Almost 400,000 people died. That's a fact. We had violence in Washington, D.C. That's a fact. I mean, we're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not saying these facts don't exist, but Jesus said in John chapter 8, the truth shall make you free, not the facts. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And so what happens is that my spirit, man, is looking at God. Ah, and notice, notice, Santa, notice, ah, notice that God, I, I need to run around this church, God and my body are looking at the same situations. But I am looking at the situation through the eyes of God. Ah, Psalm 120, I look to the hills. From with coming my help. Ah, 
ah, and you, and, and what's, what are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying that when I look at God, if God ain't worried, I don't need to be worried. You know, I need to just run around this church right now. Woo! Woo! Ah, ah, ah. I'm seeing my financial situation. I'm seeing that I don't have money. I'm seeing that things are going wrong. But as long as I'm in the presence of God, if he ain't worried, I'm not worried. And I ah, bless you, Lord. You will supply all my need. You are Jehovah Jireh. You and my God, what happens is that God says, let me take care of your situation. It's like God stands up to lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up. Ye have locked the door, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong in my, he says to your body, sit down. I'm going to take care of this problem for you. All I need you to do is just bless me. I'll fight for you. You just bless me. I want somebody right now in your home, lift up your hands and bless the Lord right now. It's important for you to spend time in his face. There's no Hebrew word for presence. There's no Hebrew word for presence. Whenever you see the word presence, it's his face. And there's some things that the world is saying, yippee, this is great. But when we look at God's face, he's grieved. The world's rejoicing over whatever. Let me, let me find out from my spirit man. How does God feel about it before my soul gets engaged in something that doesn't even please God. That's why, you may be seated, that's why we have to fast. Stand up, Jessica. Because right now, too many of us, our lives are run by our soul. Our Our lives are run by how we process information and how we feel when our lives should be run by the word of God. And what fasting does, fasting, I just need you to step over here for a minute. It's okay. She's a spirit man for emotion to sit down. What fasting does is fasting, just, just bend a little, fasting brings your soul down and brings your spirit man up so that now your spirit man, through faith, can tell your flesh, you better worship the Lord. You better pray. You better believe God. You need to shake yourself. No, you shouldn't be laughing at that. That's not funny. God's not laughing at that. God, that's the spiritual man that God needs us to be. Stop talking like the world. Stop talking like the world. The world is talking about what they see, hear, think, smell, taste, touch. What's God saying? Ah. What do you mean, Bishop? Come in agreement with myself. Ah, this is what I'm coming in agreement with myself. Come in agreement with myself. What's agreement with myself? I agree with myself 
is finding my identity in Christ. God is the only one who has the right to tell me who I am. I'm so stupid. That's a lie. What does God say to you you are? See, the word identify, and and, and, and this is my last point, and then we're going to pray. The word identify, fakio, means to make, and ident means the same. So, for example, when I went to, uh, some of you may not know it, uh, but I went to get the vaccine, pray for me. I'm doing all right. Uh, I got the vaccine Friday, and then I'm doing all right. You know, no, nothing grew out of my head. Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. And so, uh, but they said to me, can we have your license plate? Your license, your license, not your license plate, your license. And they looked at the license because they wanted to know if the license was the same as the person in front of them. And so, God has an identity for you. And what he's, what he's trying to do is to make you the same person that he's envisioned you to be. The job of the Holy Spirit, look, see, I'm in the word, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. After he says, and we know all things work together for good, he says, he, the Holy Spirit has been given, and his job is to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. And Paul picks that theme up in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, where he says, my little children, who I travail, I weep, I I pray hard, listen, until Christ is formed in you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The whole job of the Holy Spirit is to make you just like Christ. You identify with Christ and not the world so that now you are walking in boldness. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God shall supply all my needs according to the rich and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. I'm, also, I'm, 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 I'm an alien. I'm walking according to a a different set of rules. That's why me and an unbeliever can look at the same situation and they lose hope, but I have God. Mm. Turn to somebody and say, get back to your life. Get get back to your life. Not not your life, like the world says, your God-given life. There's an identity that God has for you. And I am pressing That's why Paul said, he says, I am trying to apprehend the purpose, the identity by which he apprehended me. The world saw me as a Christian murderer. God saw me as an apostle. That's a bad word right there. The world looked at me, Peter, as a failure as a coward, as a cop-out. But God called me his apostle who's going to start a movement in Jerusalem. Stop believing the lies of the devil. And stop believing God. Let's bow our heads. As if your head bows and every eye's closed. If you don't Jesus died on the cross for your sin. But more importantly, he died on the cross so that you can be reconciled to God.
and reconcile to yourself. I wonder who you really are. I know what the world sees. You're black, you're white, you're Asian, you're Hispanic, you're male, you're female. That's what the world sees, but I wonder what is your identity in Christ? I wonder what God is saying. You know, I know the world thinks you're this, but this is who you really are. In spite of all that you've gone through, in spite of all the challenges, in spite of what people have done to you, that is not your destiny. That is not the life I have for you. I have purpose for you. So I'm trying to get you back to myself so that you can be reconciled in yourself. If you never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you said, I want that kind of life, Bishop. Just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I come to you right now, and I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. All that means is that Jesus does not live in my heart. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins, you rose again from the grave so that I could become a child of God. You paid the price for me. So Jesus, I'm asking you, come into my heart, save me from my sin, and make me a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart. Now I believe. I'm a child of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to do one more thing. When this pandemic first started, there was an article in Time Magazine, if we can show it. And it was calling this generation of high school graduates and teenagers, the pandemic generation, or generation pandemic. And I said, I said to you, I, as long as I'm pastoring, I refuse to allow you to be labeled that. And so if the Lord would help me, and I need you to pray, the Lord told me to, to speak a prophetic blessing over every teenager who attends PT, every teenager. And so I, I, I got the names from Jessica and Yolanda who are over those ministries, Yolanda being over children, uh, youth and families, and Jessica over Generation Chosen, our teenage ministry. And I got the names. And so I am going to be, during this consecration, if the Lord would help me, I'm going to release a prophetic word, a prophetic blessing. Where blessing means to empower for success. I'm going to speak a prophetic blessing over every uh, teenager in, in our church, 13 to 19, and, and trusting that the Lord will, will make sure that you come out of this pandemic like Joseph, more blessed than you could ever believe. And I'm going to start right now. And now close after this prayer. I want to bless you. I'm going to start now with Kennedy Opie. Kennedy is one of our older 
are teenagers. He just turned 18, uh, I think it was uh, last month. And, and so uh, I bless you, Kennedy. Kennedy's name uh, means uh, helmet or armored headed one, the one who has the armor on his head. And so I bless you, Kennedy, according to the word of God in Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, put on the helmet of salvation. And so I bless you with a mind that is delivered to do everything that God has created you to be. I bless you with a mind that is protected so that the enemy will not, will not shoot his fiery darts into your mind and cause you to think the thoughts about your destiny that is not of Christ. I bless you, Kennedy. You are going to be a great man. You're going to be a man who, who, what, who the movie, a beautiful mind. Uh, and the word beautiful means original. I bless you to be somebody who's going to, ah, I bless you to be someone who is innovative, someone who thinks out of the box, and yet you're in the box of Christ. I bless you, Kennedy, that you have a brilliant mind and that then that the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, and you're going to have the mind of Christ. You're going to have the mind of Christ, but you're going to have the helmet of salvation that will protect you, that will protect you, that will protect you from the evil thoughts that will try to destroy your destiny. I can hardly wait, Kennedy, to see the innovative thoughts and ideas and the creativity that's going to come through you. Remember this day. January 17th, 2021, 2021, 2020, W-O-N. You're a winner in Jesus' name. Well, I want to bless you. Right now, there's many different blessings, so put out your hands. It's a blessing that you never heard before. As many of you know, uh, a few years ago, we went through a book a, a daily devotional book, as some of you still have it, called Jesus Calling. Jesus Calling is written by Sarah Young. And as I was looking at Jesus Calling uh, for today, January 17th, I was like, wow, God, this is awesome. And the Holy Spirit says, take what she wrote and turn it into a blessing. And so this is what Sarah uh, Young wrote, and I'm going to turn it into a blessing. Put out your hands. So uh, may the Lord always come, may, sorry, may you always come to God with a thankful heart. May you enjoy God's presence through your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. May you rejoice today, a day God, a day that was created by God. Ah, may you fulfill God's will that you not worry about anything. May you search for all that God has prepared today just for you. Mm. This week, may you anticipate God's blessings and accept God's challenges. May you keep your focus on the Lord your God. May you come to God bringing to him all of your needs. May you stay in constant communication with God so that you can live above all of your circumstances. And finally, may you present your request to God 
with thanksgiving, knowing that when you do so, God's peace, which is beyond all comprehension, will guard your heart, that is your emotions, and guard your mind, that is your thinking, this week in Christ Jesus. And everybody say, I received that blessing. God bless you and have a fantastic week in the Lord. Thank you.